the artists and photographers in this case that really uh, were able to kind of push the envelope and and really change things and really be um, sort of very avant-garde in a way. Uh, I think you have to be a bit crazy to be able to see beauty in the world. Thank you for you know inviting me and everything. I think it's awesome. Uh, let's do this. I'm excited. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, where <laughs> I see on your uh, website there that you are based in Republic of Ireland. So where in Ireland are you? Um, I'm near Dublin. I'm coming and going between Ireland and the UK. So um, and basically when I'm in Ireland, I kind of am near Dublin. So but I, I have to say, though, I I still need to travel a little bit through Ireland to get familiar. Um, I don't know much yet about Ireland. So that's funny because I hear a little bit of, Irish, you a bit of an Irish twang in your voice there. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've <laughs> kind of, yeah, I've kind of gotten that because half my family now they're kind, they're Irish, so I I deal with them all the time. So I've noticed that as well when I'm speaking that sometimes I do uh, have used some expressions, some very Irish expressions, <laughs> um, but I I kind of like a mix of things for me right now so um but yeah what about to you you from or you're based I, i'm assuming that you're uh american i'm not entirely sure i haven't listened to enough sometimes if i listen to enough i can disclose between canadians and and etc but it's the about that gives oh. it away <laughs> but i haven't seen that uh from you so i'll assume that maybe american I am Canadian. Uh, I'm from Ontario, uh, but but for there the last go. for the last like two years and a bit, I've been out in Alberta, which is out out west. And actually, between the Western Canada, oat. And, See, it's and, the oat. <laughs> I just caught it. Caught it now. <laughs> between the West and the East in Canada, Canada big, uh, out here they have uh, shorter sounding A's. Like for example, in Ontario, you'd say hand plant van sandals uh but in the west it's van hand pan van it's like a shorter flatter yeah yeah anyway i always thought like <laughs> when i um hear canadians they always go like oh it's a boat like that's how it sounds to me about <laughs> like the end or i'm out kind of it's it's there are certain like sounds but it's the about that gives it away yeah for me it's <laughs> <laughs> obviously like uh not canadian so for me as a you know kind of foreigner that's what it sounds to me that's how i usually get to know oh you're canadian <laughs> i have some uh, good friends in ireland i was there in 2012 and 2013 and then for my honeymoon in 2017 but they're uh they're no american way. irish they're both they're american and irish and so when i was over there they were definitely making fun of the about <laughs> yeah uh, you know, funny enough, uh, in Ireland they say uh, they love the Americans and uh, the Canadians that kind of have family um, because a lot of Irish people migrated there. And they always say, they say they're Irish Americans or they're Irish, but it's like their great, great, great grandfather that was Irish. They're not Irish. They're like uh, kind of Americans, but they, they, they take on the, you know, they're, they're, 
kind of proud of it which i mean it makes um irish people very proud but like they still find it hilarious that you'll say like oh i'm i'm irish american but like you're really american it's just like your great 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 grandparents that were from ireland but they find it hilarious over here they do a lot of a lot of jokes I do. I, I guess I'll be I'll be the brunt of that joke. You know, I I Canadian for two hundred some odd years, but uh, was the first to yeah. go back to Ireland, to kind of since since we left, and I had to go back to like the little gotcha. town where we're from, and just kind of yeah. I'm all about. I, I'm definitely proud of my Irish heritage, even though like I said, two hundred years ago, right? <laughs> no, but I think I think they they make it fun, like they make fun. They find it hilarious, but I think they actually are very they are very proud when people say oh my so and so and they come over here there's so many stories of people that come over here and say my you know great parent my great grandparents or my great grandma or auntie or whatever they went to america so and so and there's so many stories like that and uh, the irish people are very proud of that and i think i mean it's awesome like i for once because i'm a foreigner i'll, I'll always say like you know i'll be proud of like uh, having kind of mixed influences else I wouldn't uh, go as far as say sometimes that I'm from here or there or but I will say like okay I have a little bit of this in there <laughs> in my uh in my heritage um but yeah so it's it's very interesting uh, like the things you discover even like when you do those type of um DNA type of thing, oh, like yeah. saying where you're from and like all of those things. I I I swear I did one and I was like surprised, very surprised. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I could I say know. a lot of stories. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, if you wonder about the nuance of some of those, right? Yeah, you got you got what percent? What? Oh yeah, hundred percent. That. <laughs> I'm like, I discovered that I was twenty percent Scottish, and I'm like, how? And I could believe <laughs> well, they, they get around. <laughs> so I'm gonna be going to Scotland hopefully this year, and I'm gonna be saying, I am twenty uh, percent Scottish. You know, my great 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 grandparents, one of them that must have definitely been Scottish or something. So I'm gonna claim my Scottish heritage this, later this year. I'm planning to go there, but I think it's gonna be fun. But yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Like you, you definitely then have like some sort of mixed heritage. So Irish and like probably different parts of Canada as well. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. So uh, deadly serious question. I don't know if you uh, partake of, uh, you know, of spirits, but if you do, what do you think of the Irish whiskey? Oh, I'm a great fan of whiskey. I drink whiskey. <laughs> like I, I love whiskey. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay, Hold on. I know that... <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, I was literally uh, downstairs getting a a cup of coffee and I was going through my um, collection of whiskey because I needed to get to the coffee. But anyways, I have a lot of whiskeys. Uh, I wouldn't say like I'm a big connoisseur because I don't really know. Sometimes, you know, when people go and like, oh, this tastes of has hints of this and that and you're tasting it and you're like no i'm just drinking whiskey i'm drinking that you can't really flavor to that level yet um but i i am a great fan of whiskey irish whiskey is great it's very you know it's very common over here jameson jameson oh, yeah. is very yeah, yeah. popular um and i'd love to get my hands on some american ones but americans it's always like the hennessy um and the what's the other one uh it's okay, very Jack common Daniels. over here. Jack Daniels. That's it. Jack Daniels. Yeah. Um, I got 
the other day, I think, I think it's Irish, Shiva's Revel, which is meant to be uh, amazing. Um, and I finally tasted that and it's great. So if you have a chance, taste that one because it's great. 18 okay. year old Shiva's Regal, I recommend. <laughs> there's yeah. um, there's a peated Irish whiskey you should check out if you get a chance. It's uh, called okay. Connemara. Connemara. And, Connemara, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, stuff is so good. Hard to find over here. How, how so do you drink it though? How do you drink it though? This is going to make it or break it. How oh, do you yeah. drink it? Uh, I drink, drink all my whiskey, bourbon. I drink it just neat, straight up. I don't, I don't, or I will be our friends. <laughs> if there's bourbon, I, I would make my roll for, for bourbon. I can drink it straight uh, or I'll put some ice in it if it's in the summer. Only bourbon though. I don't touch anything else with ice. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. I love it. I drink yeah. it either straight or with ice, but yeah, I mean, because I usually say like, I mean, it's gonna, I just love the kind of sensation that it gives you down your throat. And I'm like, I think the ice might take, sometimes might take some of that away. Um, but I, I love it. I'll probably have yeah. one after we finish it. <laughs> oh, think, we should I have gotten one for the episode here. To me, uh, putting ice in uh, in like a nice whiskey or a nice scotch is kind of like taking a Wagyu steak and grounding it to like a burger. You're just kind of... Or making it well done or having it well yeah. done. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like that. I am very much like that. And uh, that's why I was like asking because I know that there's a lot of people that mix it. I mean, fire, fair enough. You you do it however it pleases you. But uh, there's a certain madness to the ones that drink it straight <laughs> that I, I like to partake on that. Yeah, uh, you're not supposed to judge a man, by the way. You're not supposed to judge a person by the way they drink their whiskey. But I I I do I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do I do I actually do. And uh, I know that because uh, say. If, I don't mind, say, for instance, like people drinking my whiskey, right? But if someone's going to drink my whiskey and they're going to drink it straight with something else, like with mixed with Coke or whatever, I'm just like, what are you doing? If you're yeah. going to just drink it, Shame. don't waste <laughs> it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No, Irish whiskey is amazing. And Scottish as well. Scotch. They, they, they call yeah. it her there, but it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, my favorite distillery is my favorite distillery is a Scottish distillery, Akintoshan, and they make amazing, amazing scotch. Okay, I don't think I've heard it's that. A, uh, a A U C H E N T O S A N, I think is how you spell it out. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I I recently the last bottle I got was um, uh, Method to Madness. It's called, and it's oh, Irish. That's that's um. You said that Jameson is is common. Jameson is actually kind of a brand before it's a whiskey, but they do. Yeah, that's right. It's not. It's not yeah. like. No, no, no. I agree. But Method to Madness. Method to Madness is actually a Jameson brand, and that's where they do their experimental, where they're pushing. That's where they do like their the, the craft, you know, versus the yeah the, the marketing, or whatever. Jameson is their money maker, but then they have they they do kind of have like their their spirit okay. first kind of thing, which is Method to Madness. Yeah, because. So I mean, uh, Jameson is like, you know, it's the very, it's not that it's not, it's not bad, but it's, it's decent, right? It's, it's common. But like, if you want something a bit more, you know, like you, you have to go for something else. Um, I definitely have had a fair share of some, like when I go to a bar or something that I don't remember and I try to remember the names and then I forget and I was like, no, and but I try to now, every time I go to a bar and I try a different one, I'll always write it down. But over here, actually, 
and there's a great selection of like whiskey when you go to a bar or something um especially because obviously irish people they are true they live the stereotype of like they are good drinkers they like to drink i don't i don't necessarily think that they drink a lot but what they drink is like very strong they like mm. strong drinks so um i feel like you know they do have like that sort of uh stereotype but they kind of fit into that stereotype of like they <laughs> they are connoisseurs they know what they're drinking okay. um but one thing i'll tell you though is like definitely don't come to ireland and ask for like a half guinness because i had that experience and the guy in the bar looked at me like I was like a maniac. He was like, yeah. what? Are you sure? And I was like, I just wanted to try because I wasn't sure. I'm, I'm not a big like, you know, kind of beer person. But I tried in the guy, I swear. He's like, oh, you better make it a pint, love. He was, he was telling me that. <laughs> I had to go for one. And uh, yeah, it was an experience. So one uh, thing I always say to people, if you visit Ireland, Definitely never ask for a half a pint of anything. <laughs> People will look at you funny. Man, I do love it out here in Alberta so much, but you're really making me miss uh, <laughs> miss Ireland. I love it. You need to well. come over. Oh, yeah, yeah, I absolutely over. do. How are, how, with, uh, you know, the craziness of everything uh, in the world and in Ireland, in Dublin, actually, how's, how is everything yeah. with kind of boots on the ground? How's the feeling there? And what's it like as a photographer? Uh, be... Have you gone cheering you that? No, because it was all kind of, it was very weird. Uh, you're talking about the Dublin thing, right? Uh, yeah, the, yeah. the riots. The riots only lasted like a night for, for the, well, from what we know, or at least what I know. Uh, it was kind of very weird because the whole thing unfolded. I remember, you know why there was the riots? is because, um, you know, I'm, I'm basically a, a person that I believe was an immigrant but i can't remember what was his exact ethnicity or where he came from but uh he stabbed uh little kids at sc at a school that were coming from school and um uh, basically the f sort of far right minded people decided that they'd be great it'd be great doing that even though like the person that also saved um you know that kind of groped the guy and like you know was was handling him was also an immigrant but they only saw that the guy that was stabbing people was an immigrant and so it was a very weird feeling because uh, basically like kind of some of my friends were like oh there's some clips on tiktok or whatever i don't really use tiktok i just put put stuff over there but i don't really use it as like enough to see how it works from like a viewer's point of view um, but anyways, and they were like, oh, there's weird TikToks of people saying like, oh, shame, this and that. And like, oh, we need to unite for our country. And boom, nighttime, this was like a few hours later, people were out in the streets and it was so dangerous. Like they had like people coming in, like the guards um, and the, some of the guard people were actually uh, assaulted and stuff like that. It was crazy. It was crazy. But it only lasted a night. And then. After all, I think they gain a bit of control. I think it would have been interesting as a as a photographer, but you can't. I mean, as also an immigrant, you'd be thinking maybe we should be careful about like going somewhere like that because one thing is like 
if you have no interest, so to speak. But then mm -hmm. if you are an immigrant and you're going to photograph, like they might actually ask you like what you're photographing for and it could turn mm -hmm. definitely wrong for you in a in a heartbeat. But I think it would have been great to, you know, probably, and I'd say this, maybe if I were Irish and lived closer to Dublin, I'd probably have gone and just like took pictures and at least try and record something. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's crazy. Hopefully, awesome. it's a bit more controlled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I hope every you know, twenty twenty four is going to be an interesting year. But I hope I, I hope it all pans out. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll try um, to be optimistic. I'll try to be optimistic. No, I'm kidding. We have to be optimistic. We have to be optimistic. And for everything else, there's Irish whiskey, so that's okay. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But there is a fundamental thing between, uh, a fundamental difference between Europe or Europeans and I'd say uh, North America, which is like, I find you guys very positive. I find you guys, like Europeans, I think we are a bit, we're a bit depressed or something. We're a bit sad. Like there's this sort of melancholia. I don't know what it is, but like we are kind of like looking at you, like thinking, how are they so happy? Like, or so like positive all the time. I don't know what it is, but several of my friends as well from different parts of Europe always think like the people in America, Northern America, like I said, like, you know, Canada and the States, they're kind of like, you know, okay, let's go. We can do this. Like very kind of happy and positive. I mean, they might not be happy all year round, but you certainly come across as having a very positive kind of outlook in life, which well, we, I think we struggle with over here. <laughs> I, th I, I think the secret from coming from Toronto to out here to rural northern Alberta, mm. um, I think the secret is just connection to nature, connection to the land, really just kind of yeah, like, washes the soul for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, if you get yeah. a chance, go like hug a tree and go for a swim or something. Get out in nature. <laughs> we have mountains, mountains here, which are life changing. Just to see and experience them is just uh, very humbling, you know. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I think as well, like there's a just different openness, I suppose, that in America exists. Like you know what they say about the American dream and all of that. Like I know those are like kind of cliche concepts, but it is a certain. There's a certain measure of truth to it in mm -hmm. a lot of people's lives even if not now but like to a certain extent 20 30 40 years ago I mean people can make it big and I know that it's kind of a thing that I think maybe in Europe we're a bit more uh, pessimistic in a way or a bit more not pessimistic but I'd say a bit more um, guarded I think mm. that's probably like slightly more conservative uh, I don't know but um, yeah that's that seems to be the thing. That seems to be the thing. But I love the uh, uh, like the attitude there. I think it's amazing. I think do we should all have. Do you find Go there ahead. to be a yeah? Sorry. Do you find there to be a um, in the photography and the photographers that you like? Uh, and we'll get to your kind of YouTube channel in a minute, uh, where you highlight yeah. a lot of these photographers and street photographers. And uh, do you find there to be a significant difference to you between the photographers you're drawn to in terms of being a European versus kind of North American photographer? Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, that's definitely. And and I think one thing that I've learned with my channel is to definitely 
appreciate different styles of photography and appreciate um, like different viewpoints in life. I think if we look at the work of someone like um, Elliot Erwith, uh, for instance, who made an entire book dedicated to dogs um, and he had this incredible ability to capture life and also to capture the funny moments in life similar to like you know Gary Winogrand would have with certain um, images that he produced that I think they were very kind of flattering of the everyday life I think there's this sort of I don't I wouldn't say uh, I think it's more a p positive uplifting thing um, with uh, some type of American photography when compared or photographers when compared with the European um, takes on it I think if we look at street photographers um, let me think maybe Cartier-Bresson or um, I'm just thinking the guy that I was just looking at uh, forgot his name I'm looking at myself there, or Kodelka, for instance. Like, there's definitely um, something a bit more, not a reclusive, but a bit more withdrawn and like a sort of uh, ability to probably think life or something. Um, and I think, like, in each different, I, I, in comparing American photography or Northern American in this case, because I think like there's so much when we talk about American photography, but say the States, okay, or or some of the images that I've seen of uh, Fred Herzog, Canadian photographer, um, a German-Canadian photographer, I think it's very interesting to compare the different images that were produced in similar times, like, and uh, that obviously comes from the photographers themselves, but also like from the culture they're inserted in and there's this is why i feel like there's this more positive outlook in america i suppose even though not not all i mean there's plenty of uh photographers that don't really american photographers that don't really go for the highs of life example mm -hmm. bruce gilden um, if anything, later in his work, he was very straight to the point and very <laughs> raw in his <laughs> images. Or Bruce Davidson with Subway, for instance. It's not about the positive, it's not very positive and a, not a positive outlook in life, but it's certainly a very uh, beautiful, colorful, um, and deep kind of outlook in life. I don't know. I think it's a cultural thing. And I, I really like to be exposed to that when I'm making videos in the channel. So while you do look at all sorts of different photographers and different styles, there's got to be, uh, you know, a selection of a few that stick out as, Oh yeah. You can't say you're the best because I think that's subjective, but you can certainly say your favorite. So who is your favorite? Um, I actually lately, uh, I've been very, very attached to, um, Eugene Smith. I, my last video at this point, because I have a video upcoming, but I, I won't be able to post it for a couple of days. But um, my last video was on Eugene Smith. And over the last uh, months of the last year, I focused a lot on his work. Uh, and I definitely consider him a great, great influence, like so many others. Um, but he, he definitely has a sort of depth associated to his work that is just, I mean, 
you can't you'll be in awe like of you are in awe i there's nobody that i've haven't met and i'm sure there's been plenty of people that won't like his work but a majority of people that i've met that i have had the pleasure of talking about with you know about the work of eugene smith they all say the first time you encounter eugene smith's um images you're in awe like mm. complete awe um Another photographer I really, really like uh, for very different reasons, um, and he's European, is Ari Guayard. Um I made a video about him several months ago. He's a street photographer, so it's not really um, similar to the work that I do, but it's more so I, he has taught me to look at street photography a bit differently um, because in the previous times where I tried to do street photography, I wasn't really happy with the images that I was doing because um, it's not about being good or bad or being a strong or lesser strong composition it's it's about like what you also what you see in your photos and if you feel there's value in them and I wasn't really feeling it and when I looked at the photos of Arigoyah I realized that there are so many things that could be a subject um, in street photography um, color um uh, shapes you don't have to necessarily capture people which is something that I've never been that keen on I suppose I can do it and um, I have done it for multiple reasons over time you know but I think he definitely taught me that and when I looked at his photos he was very inspirational and some of the photos that I've taken quite recently in Paris I think were really inspired by him because he taught me to look like deeper into things like uh lines and contrast and stuff like that and i think it's uh, amazing and that's why that in many ways i feel like i'm blessed to be able to do what i do which is i get to discover all these amazing photographers um but i have the list will go on and on but i i, I definitely won't carry on and on because we'll never get out of here um but yeah i mean there's so many uh, I'll just like to probably quote someone like Dorothea Lang, for instance, but for her example and for her, like, really, like, when you read a little bit about her life, um, you'll understand how much she had to battle to become a photographer and, and like, what the absolute obstacles that she had to overcome over her lifetime, her career, and etc. And I, you know, you have to look at examples like that as well and admire them for their strength of character. So there's several reasons why I, I have a, a few individuals that I said they're my favorites. Um, and sometimes there's nothing to do really with the photos, but more so like what they represented as well and what they mm. have kind of inspired me or motivated me in a way. I feel that definitely with Eugene Smith as well. Um, like what you just said, it doesn't have to do with the photograph itself, but I'm a, through high school and uh, through my young adult life, just fell absolutely madly in love with jazz music and played trumpet and yeah. the whole the whole kit caboodle. And so seeing his <clears throat> portraits of the different uh, jazz musicians really just kind of hits me in that spot, right? And it has, yeah. you know, and it, uh, they're fantastic photos, but it doesn't even uh, they wouldn't even have to be just because of the subject matter in this case, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think his passion and his dedication were so like intense and in a way like someone like him that worked as hard as he did and obviously it's not healthy to 
to to do what he did as well. But I'm saying this because to me sometimes it is kind of a motivating factor, like you know, to keep being consistent or to keep uh, understanding more layers in photography. I think his work is so much deeper um, that sometimes even I don't know if you had this experience, but I've had the experience of like I've seen a lot of his images. For instance, the cold, uh, the sorry, the 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 ones about the uh, in the factories, like the coal mm. mining and stuff like that, um, and or the steel industry, that's it. And I kind of I've seen it before, but sometimes I go through them again, and I just keep finding more and more different details that I like about them. And it's like it's one of those photographers that even if you've seen the image a hundred times, you'll always find. N- more things to fall in love with if you're watching it for the 101st time or 102nd, 103rd. Like, I think it's so interesting that, and to be able to do that, it's you. It's just an, another level for me. And I think like, it's amazing. And um, that's why I feel like he's probably the pillar of, I'd say if I had to, I mean, I'm sure I'm forgetting a few, that I really like, but uh, I think he has definitely taught me to look at photography in another way, a much deeper way in that case. Did you start your journey in photography doing street photography or like, just a lot of us do, right? Just kind of shooting what's around us, but how how did you get get your start? Like what was, what got you in, what got you here uh, to begin with? (laughs) So, um, it's a funny story. I mean, it's kind of, so I started in photography when I was really, really young. Um, I had this kind of, uh, liking for photography. I was a very curious child, but, um, I remember kind of, uh, toying around with like those nineties, um, kind of, uh, point and shoots. And I didn't even know what I was doing. Um, not that I'm saying that I know how to do it today, but still, uh, it was just, fun to me at the time and it was just like I found it very playful and then I grew up kind of with cameras and then when I was a teenager um, I remember uh, I asked kind of my parents um, kind of like my late teens if I could have a camera then from then on I started photographing but I always kind of photographed around even when I I picked up some cameras and flea markets and stuff like that but it wasn't like really you know I, I, I shot film but you know, sometimes I would get expired films. Sometimes some of the photos I came up with, they're just like not good or they're just like, you know, completely affected by the state of the film. So, but I really enjoyed the process of looking and trying. It's kind of like a game of uh, you're a hunter, almost like you're trying to hunt for things. Um, and I enjoyed that. And then steadily I got a photo Oh, sorry, a, a camera when I was, like I said, in my late teens. Then I got to study filmmaking um, and I still was shooting. I was mostly shooting everything. Like, you know, I think it's essential that you shoot everything when you start because like you're just getting a feel for things, what you like, what you don't like, um, what's your speed, what kind of subjects draw you in, what things do you want to say, um, how do you... And for me, I realized in my early 20s that photography was a means of communication. And I was like, okay, I want to pursue this. And I started photographing more seriously. And then um, it just kept on evolving. I think the key to it all has been always like 
um, putting a great effort into learning. Um, when I say learning, I mean as well looking at other people, um, studying, uh, breaking down sometimes uh, images to see how... I mean, there's no better way of learning by observation. Of course, you learn by experience. You learn by experience. The, the two best ways, I feel, are by experience, uh, by going out shooting, and by observation. And for me, you know, and sometimes I say this in my videos as well, it's not like all the things that I say in my videos when I look at a book. They're not written there. They're just like things that come with observation. And so it's such an important tool to develop. And so I've put a lot of effort since my early 20s to just kind of really learn to look into things um, and look around me, be more present and as well um, reflect on it because I think it's super important because sometimes I like to look back and analyze what I did. And I think those are that was kind of like my path with photography. And then once, like I said, I started taking it more seriously, that's when I started looking into like, okay, let's see this. People that are doing it and people that they have done it. And I discovered uh, some of the images that I already knew, for instance, like Dorothea Lang that I'd seen on like my school books, but I didn't realize, had no idea who she was like, as in like all the other work that she had done. So for me, that was like insanely like interesting. And I just dove deep into it. I, I suppose that's kind of how it went. Um, and in film school, I did uh, some photography, but it wasn't really photography based. I never had like one subject that was about photography, mm -hmm. but more like, you know, sometimes I would use photography to uh, either do some work, a storyboard or something like that. So that was, that's how it kind of, I was able to use it. So yeah, that was it. <clears throat> I find uh, being a photographer first, and getting into the filmmaking after the fact, that certainly, that really, <laughs> obviously they're related. It really helps, right? Uh, yeah. Not necessarily in like all the other aspects, like storytelling and all, like the whole, the whole kit caboodle goes to filmmaking, but at least how to compose that shot. So did you, you started, like, you started doing photography and then you got into filmmaking or do you kind of did both? at the same time no i think it was all on par it's very interesting because uh some of my earliest memories as being a kid i remember that i've said this before and one of my fondest memories of my childhood is being a kid and watching charlie chaplin movies um and asking my granddad who is that guy on tv <laughs> jumping like in the factory uh in this case it was modern times that we were watching i'll never forget that um, and it just, he explained it to me and I've always had this fascination with filmmaking. And so I think I kind of realized maybe, I think it's just by accident. And I, I obviously place it together much later that yes, I could do both things or yes, they're both things are so related, but it was kind of on par. That's why I say it was on par because I would uh, be interested in photographing people and stuff. And then, you know, when I was not doing that and I had time, I'd be watching movies and I'd be breaking down and I used to do this, this thing that I didn't realize it until like literally a few months ago when I found the notebook that I had of it that was so important that I used to basically watch movies and either take pictures of the television or take print screens and then print them and that would be which is kind of like photos right but to me it would be in a way 
how I learned about composition as well, like still by stills. And, and by practicing stills, I was able to then kind of realize how important composition in storytelling is when you're, you know, creating a moving sort of pictures. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it, would go, it went hand in hand, I'd say, um, one with the other. Um, but yeah, I think now, and, and like I said, a few months ago, I found the notebook where I had all those little um, images that I had printed and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That taught me a lot. So, um, yeah, super helpful. Okay. So here we are at a meaty part of the interview. Photography <clears throat> helped you to, with your filmmaking and your storytelling composition helped you to do that. I have your YouTube channel yeah. here. You do a great job by there. I'm a big fan. <laughs> oh, thank um, you. Thank you. So. Can you explain the learning curve in turn, not just filmmaking, but in terms of now YouTube channel, because that's a whole other beast, right? There's the photography, yeah. lots of filmmaking that helps the YouTube, but YouTube is a whole other thing. So <clears throat> viewers from oh, this yeah. channel would probably love to hear kind of your journey there and kind of some of the, some of the things you do to get people to click and to watch. Um, okay. Gotcha. You, you, you got a great style. So I don't know if you want me to pull up your channel here. Yeah, sure. Um, man, YouTube, YouTube, it's a whole ball game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we are. Uh, you're yeah. Which is the yeah. one that was? Here we go. Uh, the Eugene. The Smith Eugene Smith one. one. This one. Yeah, here. that's that's right, right over there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, before that one, I put a video on. Andre Cortez uh, is also a great, great photographer. Eunice Casey was Hungarian, French-Hungarian, I believe. And then I think he lived in, well, he lived in America for a long time, but I'm not sure if he neutralized himself American or, but yeah. Um, so YouTube, um, YouTube, I think YouTube is one of those things that I know it's always been there. I mean, I'm a kid that grew up, you know, I mean, I grew up with all this sort of new technology and all of that. And, and I remember being a kid, like literally going to the, the most like prime primary kind of, uh, simplest YouTube, uh, pages. Um, cause YouTube used to have this like really kind of, um, classic layout. There used to be like, kind of, it looked like a early, uh, early, uh, 2000s website. Um, and I remember YouTube back then. I remember that I always was kind of obsessed with YouTube because I I looked at YouTube as a way of finding things uh, that I really liked, um, finding out more. And and photography was one of them. Um, but anyway, so I kind of wanted to create a YouTube channel, but I just didn't know about what. And I, it, it sounds kind of stupid to me now because I feel like. <laughs> It's kind of, you know, my interests of filmmaking and photography are so, like, two of my main passions that have always taken most of my time. So, like, when I was kind of deciding to do a YouTube channel about something else, uh, it just seems kind of stupid to me now. Uh, but, yeah, initially I wanted to create a YouTube channel to make documentaries. Um, that That's what I wanted to do about different things. Um, and then I slowly... Um, realize, okay, no, I'm going to have to do it about um, 
photography mainly, which is uh, one of my biggest passions. And and I started uploading videos um, back in 2020, I think. Um, yeah, beginning of that year, so, sort of like that. And uh, YouTube was is a great tool. It has changed me as a person in the sense that I have become more comfortable um, talking in social settings. It has pushed me to be more creative. It has pushed me to be more curious. Um, it's, yeah, uh, that's YouTube's done a lot for me. And anyways, so I started with uploading videos here and there, and then the pandemic hits. And of course, what are you going to do when you have all this time and you live by yourself? I just fully dedicated myself into doing YouTube, like nonstop. I was doing video after video after video after video. And I knew that obviously the ratio of quality over quantity will always be uh, what I believe in. But at the time, I was just so... Uh, there was a sort of satisfaction that came with like finishing a video, uploading it, finishing, uploading it. And I just lived for it. And um, it slowly started gaining like some traction. And then uh, Jason from Grainy Days mentioned my channel and a lot of people came and watched the channel. And I've thanked Jason because it really like for people like him and Sean Tucker that, you know, and also uh, the photographic high, um, Alex Kilby, I think that's his name, mentioning the channel and people were able to discover it. And then generally, you know, just like posting and people will find out about it. And I think like my style then started to change uh, into morphing into what it is today um, in terms of combining like um, not just photography, talking about other talking about other photographers but also kind of combining elements of filmmaking in it the storytelling mm -hmm. the writing um sometimes the b-roll um you know the kind of sort of more contrasted lighting um and i like that and i like the way finally i can feel like i uh, there was a there was a period when i look back on my youtube channel and i thought like some of the videos just weren't i i had to incre like increase the quality so I'm very perfectionist and I'm always aiming for more. And I, and if you show me one of my videos now, I'll definitely be able to point out the things that I want to improve, the mistakes that I've made, because I am one of those obsessive thinking people sometimes, um, which is healthy in a way, but not healthy, generally speaking. It's healthy to push you forward, but not healthy to keep your mind like constantly thinking of it. But, um, but yeah, so... Uh, and over the, I'd say the last year in particularly, I put a lot of effort into changing that style um, and making it more of my own. Like um, not just in terms of writing, I focused a lot on that, but also the editing, the music, which is super, super important for me. I, I like building the intros. I like doing all that. So it's, it's, it was kind of natural. Um, in the beginning, I know I was doing a couple of, different videos kind of like sometimes I'd go out and photograph and whatever that doesn't invalidate that I will won't be doing it but at the way I'll present it it won't be like the same um, and mm -hmm. so as I kind of further my journey on YouTube I realize more as well of my style and the things that I like to do despite the fact that I'm talking about other people but I realize like the way 
I can write and the storytelling sort of tricks that I can do or pull to kind of keep people in um, or this structuring of the videos or something like that. Um, and yeah, I think that more more so summarizes my journey on YouTube. Um, and I'm incredibly grateful for it. I mean, it's amazing to even think that there's people that enjoy what I say and look forward to hear some of my takes on this individual and on that individual or that also enjoy something that I want to bring more, which is a kind of more philosophical videos as well. Um, for instance, like I did a video where I asked uh, what makes a photographer, um, I don't know if you've watched this, it's basically the premise is what makes a photographer in an age where, you know, everyone can be or takes mm. takes photos, right? <clears throat> What makes a photographer? So videos like that where I can kind of go around certain questions and more so dive into, I'd say, philosophy almost, but still connected with photography and storytelling and et cetera, mm -hmm. which I think is where my kind of heart lies in, where the things that I like mm -hmm. to do the most. Um, and yeah, that's, I hope I kind of, did like or sort of navigated the question no that's um, great too and like it, yeah. it also feels like that's a good like a good because if you're coming on youtube you're it's like a saturated market right and then the photography niche is yeah. also you know so saturated like, you, yeah so how do you compete well you find a unique angle. yeah i think and, to and, be honest with you i I see, I get asked sometimes like um, advice for people that are starting out and et cetera. And I know this sounds very cliche and I always say like, you need to be yourself. Of course, I think that you need to give people something of value, right? Because um, I, I feel like if people are not gonna, most likely these days, right? Uh, if people are going to go on YouTube, uh, they're either searching for something or someone that they wanna know about, um, and I think like it's good, uh, or at least for me, I try to think as a viewer as well. Like if I'm a viewer and there's a bunch of channels that I watch, they have nothing to do with photography. But as a viewer, I come back because I like the way that person offers me something. As in like, mm. in terms of information, in terms of, um, say a structured uh, video or a structured thought about something or someone. And so I always think of like, you know, we need to give something of value to people because people have, I mean, these days you have very little time to waste. Like you have kids, you have a family, you have work, you have commitments. The last thing you want is people wasting your time. <laughs> like uh, I personally think like this and, and I usually have that in consideration. I, I, I uh, have in consideration that when I structure my videos, you know, uh, I want to give people something back, you know, like, thank you for watching my video, but at the same time, I want you to leave with whether it's certain food for thought or certain information that can be useful um, or gives you something to think about, gives you something to uh, maybe apply to your own photography. And I think that's trying to be positive in a way, trying to create a positive imprint. And I think if you're trying to do that and also at the same time um, you're trying to do something that is you right that that speaks who you are in a way like the things that you like and then 
you know, how you like to talk about them. I mean, my videos, like some of my friends that, you know, when they first watch my videos, they're like, oh, but this is kind of you. And I'm like, yeah, what do you expect? And they're like, no, but this is how I would genuinely go on on a conversation with someone. I'd be like, this guy was born, this guy, but you know, this is how I see his work. And this is the photo that I like about him. And this is why I like it. And look at this book and look at that book. And uh, I, I want to transmit that to my videos. So I'm literally just being myself. And I think that's uh, two of the keys that I think they're, that for, you know, people on YouTube or at least from my perspective and from um, other creators that I've had the pleasure of speaking with um, that we've had similar conversations and they say, yeah, you know, it's about being yourself because uh, originality, we can dwell on that word and what it means these days. Um, mm -hmm but also uh, just trying to offer something of value or trying to, you know, um, just contribute positively uh, to the community because photography is a, a small niche on YouTube. Very small, I'd say, compared with what is the general YouTube viewing. I mean, we have, you have people with, per video, like millions of views, like compared with photography. I mean, you can definitely get those numbers, but... I mean, not in the like Mr. Beast sort of style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Which is> very <laughs> common. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a few of the big ones out there: Peter McKinnon, Jared Poland, some of the big, you know, those are like the behemoths. Yeah, yeah I I remember watching Peter um, ages ago. I, to be honest, I haven't watched him in a long time. But then again, it's nothing to do with him. I just think it's me. My time is much, and it's it's I have no time. Like essentially. Um, and when I do have time, I like to watch things that are not related to photography because I talk yeah. <laughs> about it so often, you know, that I like to watch. Uh, but I do have to say, though, sometimes I have watched videos where I take some ideas in terms of editing a certain cut or a certain yeah, yeah, effect yeah. that I'm like, OK, this would be good to apply to my videos. So but yeah, I genuinely when I watch YouTube, I don't really watch anything photography related. Uh, but yeah, no, Peter McKinnon, absolutely. He's, he's, I mean, a lot of people, uh, I don't know why, but sometimes I, I get this like, but maybe it's the tox the toxicity of Reddit or something that there's a lot of people <laughs> that, pardon the expression, bitch a lot about him or whatever. But I think like, you know, your man's doing his amazing job. Like, you know, he's, he's happy doing what he's doing. He shot. He started shooting film now. Let the man do what he does. Like it's, he's happy. People are happy. People that watch him like him. You, you know, you don't like it, just don't watch it. That's, that's what that, I say. Uh, um, you got the I Irish slipped in there. You said your man. <laughs> that's an, That's definitely your man. Your man. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Your it's actually your man, and he's also another Canadian content creator. So got to give him props there. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I mean, if you think about it, it, he's representing as well the culture. And I think like people are very reductive sometimes these days. I think it's great that, um, you know, he's also a Canadian photographer because at the end of the day, like um, it's 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 kind of hard. Um, and I don't mean this in a really bad way, but um, a lot of people go like straight away they shout out loads of photographers that are american but their canada is its own culture i mean i recently found out about the work of larry towel who is a canadian photographer i'd never heard of 
and he's an amazing photographer. And I think the fact that you have someone with a great viewership, uh, regardless of what he is doing, if he's like shouting out this water bottle or a camera that costs $5,000 or whatever. I mean, he's doing his own thing, but at the end of the day, uh, there is certain characteristics to um, the way he speaks, the way he's going to present things, the way uh, who who and what he's going to photograph. There are Canadian. I mean, some of his photos are a lot of like landscape and stuff like that, Canadian mm. landscape. I know he travels as well, but he does a lot of stuff around Canada. And I think it's great because it's it's always bringing viewers views to the country and the culture. And I think that's mm -hmm. super awesome. And I hope that. I mean, it would be cool that every country had its own Peter McKinnon. Can you imagine? <laughs> imagine Peter McKinnon of Ireland. Here it is. Today we're going to drink uh, drink whiskey and talk about cameras. <laughs> that sounds very, that sounds like it could be something. Yeah, that'd be uh, that, that just sounds like a Peter McKinnon video. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean. Uh, the I mean, but I'm sure that there would be lots of variations. I, I just remember, as I did that example there, uh, I kind of remember Nick Carver, who I know that also likes to drink. He does a series where he drinks and talks about photography. Another brilliant guy that I think is an amazing uh, creator and amazing photographer. And I really respect him as well. But yeah. Who's, um, who are some of the photography channels on YouTube that you go to? Like uh, you said, when you do what, when you're not working, you kind of, like to shut the photography brain off for, for a minute, but are there other photography channels you go to yeah. and you like to, that as a consumer, you watch? Um, oh my God, this is going to sound so bad, but I really have to be honest. There's not a lot. It's only because, like I said, it's sometimes what I do, it's so dense that I rather just watch uh, something that is not related to it. But if I had to say, I really uh, admire the work Sean Tucker has done over the years on his YouTube channel and, his uh, sorry his um journey as a, a creative person is totally amazing um and i really admire his I, I, i've had the chance of actually talking to him in person and uh he's just a really awesome guy and i really appreciate his philosophy and the way he structures his videos he likes to go into the deep not just scratch the surface he likes to go into the deeper things um Someone that I used to watch a lot, um, again, lack of time and sort of just like needing to watch something else in photography, but someone that I really have uh, always admired that has taught me a lot about photography is Matt Day um, mm. and Nick Carver. Matt Day and Nick Carver are to me kind of on the same sort of uh, spectrum for me. I do go back and watch their videos and I think they're amazing guys. Um and they've come a really long way. I like Math for his uh, depth when it comes to talking about like photography and and going through his own journey. Um, I like Nick because again, obviously his images, but also his personality uh, is quite gripping, um, and he's very funny um, with his kind of dry sense of humor. Um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, those like would be the channels that I'd go on and I'd pop in um, and watch a video or two and then I'll come back and um, but I mostly watch um, just general sort of more documentary uh, channels like different channels Neo uh, there is just about documentaries um, about different aspects economics maybe um, another one is Mentor Pilot I like to watch 
but that is about um, aviation. So yeah, I'm very curious about different stuff. <laughs> so I like to watch just just at least try to learn a little bit about everything because you never know. You might find yourself in a survival situation. That's why I usually say to people, you might find yourself in a survival situation and you you remember that the most random fact that you learned about something sometime can be useful. So that's what I think. What is the average flight velocity yeah. of a swallow? Exactly. And that can lead to your survival in a situation of... When you have to cross death. a bridge or something. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah. No. So when you uh, when you do have your when you are taking pictures rather than filmmaking, uh, what do, what is it that you like to shoot? What do you like to turn your camera towards? Um, I usually like situations that suggest um, loneliness, but also like they are contemplative in a way. Um, that are sort of mm, serene is not really the word but more there's a certain melancholia about it um maybe my latest my latest images do not really reflect that or ref i don't know i feel as though i'm always like um looking for like those type of images that there's a certain sadness to them i can't really pinpoint uh but if i had to sort of uh say uh pick up a few words i think maybe like loneliness there's a sort of um dreamy kind of contemplative quality um or i'd say i'd like to think um that's more or less what I try to produce or I try to see in life, um, which is more truthful to who I am as a person and how I see life um, or I've learned to sort of see life. So on your, uh, I think it's on your about page on the website here. It's called, it says minimalist. I really, I just saw this one. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> Yeah, there is like a sort of minimal minimalism to them, I suppose. Um because I don't know, I, I just always find it that they're very kind of proportioned, that is like kind of uh very um how shall I say more visible lines, I suppose, or more like, you know, there's not a lot of confusion or they're not too complex um and that's what i i personally would say um, those are my fortress there um do, do you yeah. i see a lot of different uh, aspect ratios do you have a format that you prefer to shoot in uh i should with two different formats i have uh well i shoot 35 mil um and i shoot medium format um those are mostly the formats that I use. I have had different ones in the past, um, but mostly it's what I prefer now. Uh, just for the sake of trying and experiencing and learning, I think it's important to learn or at least dabble with different formats as you go along so that you can also mature in a way as a 
photographer, I suppose, like, and, and learn what you like, what you don't like, and etc. You have a very consistent style throughout, like on your thumbnails and stuff like that. So what are kind of the things that yeah. you do to, to get that viewership? Yeah, I think titling and thumbnailing is, uh, I mean, it's everything really. Like when I say it's everything, because, uh, I mean, it's like buying something you're going to buy with your eyes first. And that's, we can't avoid it as viewers. Um, even I, when I'm looking at certain videos online, um, I find, oh, I like that thumbnail. So I always try to have similar style thumbnails um, in terms of like, the uh, sort of uh, um, text, um, very brief text, um, kind of like same sort of lettering. I try to go for photos that can create a big impact at first. This is the video about um, Eugene Smith, right, that we had just pulled before. I mean, the photo that I chose, I remember it's the guy with kind of the goggles and it's kind of daunting. It's kind of, it's very, very strong. Like it's, a, it's an amazing composition. And then you have like career ending or something like that. I can't remember what I wrote, but I think it was something like that. And I think that just creates an immediate curiosity as well to see the video. Um, and I tried to get images. There are sort of cinematic that are, create a big impression, but also are suggestive in the sense that you kind of want to see more um, mm. and in there I try to think as a viewer as much as possible kind of the ability of trading shoes um, so you can see okay would I watch a video if it had this thumbnail or that thumbnail um, for instance I remember uh, and I do play a lot with thumbnails um, I try to select the strongest images uh, from the photographers and sometimes uh, it'll end up like being a crop cropped version of it or something like that and I meant this in a no disrespect I know that you know it, some people might think like oh but you can't crop pictures of others but I think it's just more of like for the thumbnail effect and I try to be with titling um, more entice people uh, and sometimes you do have to kind of you know I mean I know that obviously when you say like uh career ending pictures like it didn't end Eugene Smith's career but like it's more for the effect of making you curious and making mm. you click on it even if you want to say but it wasn't career ending but then you're helping the algorithm so it's kind of working <laughs> at the end of the day um, I think it's more it's more like that I think I like the simple thumbnails for me because I think it goes along with the style that I'm promoting in the video um, and I think um, along with that, the stronger images. It, for me, it's kind of, there's a cinematic quality to it um, and a strong impression. And also, um, what was the other one? I said it like a minute ago. I think it was three of them. It was a, a cinematic, a strong impression. And, well, I can't remember. I'm sure that it will be something along these lines. Uh, it just... And also, I think at the end of the day as well, yeah, the curiosity, that's it. And also at the end of the day as well, to make them not looking the same, but they are some sort of similarities. So there's a sort of consistency in the mm -hmm. style of, but then I think it's not, I think it's important, but also from an aesthetical point of view, like, um, but I feel that it's not like 
as relevant because sometimes you can have a completely different thumbnail and it works really, really well. And you'll learn, okay, that's the one that really works for me, those types of thumbnails. But I think um, when it comes to thumbnails, I try to be consistent because I think the viewers there, well, my viewers or the viewers of my channel in this case, they're a very um, matured audience. They're uh, an audience that is not looking for um, the sort of surfacey video. And this is not to say that other people are doing surfacey videos, not at all. I'm just saying, like, you know, just generally speaking, I think my audience is someone that is, it's our people that are looking for a deeper look into photography. And I think just my, my thumbnails might suggest that I feel. I'm not sure now. But I dug myself in this hole. So <laughs> keep thinking in this thought. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm gonna keep thinking this thought. Well, I think it helps, but you know, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I I guess I'd like to hear what people have to say on this. Um, I think yeah. it, I think it probably does. I saw something that stood out on your channel actually on the home is you have your all the thumbnails. A lot of them are black and white, and then you have that one that's all lighter that stands out for them in color, mm -hmm. like still styled kind of the same way. But uh, yeah, no, I was just yeah. taking a peek at your channel before we got on today. I noticed that saw lighter one jumped out because of the color. So, do you do you like do you choose I think black it's and the white cinematic as well? Yeah, and it really depends. Um, I think usually color works best um, because sometimes there's a certain type of like you know kind of saw lighter looking images. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, they're very good for thumbnails, or at least I've always. Um, noticed a, a good engagement as in like people uh, appreciating the thumbnail or the, maybe the video has more comments or it does not necessarily translate in views but sometimes uh yes more views or sometimes um even the messages that i get outside of youtube about that video so i think thumbnails like that work really well um and sometimes i go for the black and white thumbnail but it has to be a very 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 strong images i think black and white for me in terms of thumbnail it only works if the images are very strong for instance if you pull up my channel you'll see like uh the there's an image of this guy that is holding kind of a polaroid and there's a photographer taking a, a, a sort of self-portrait on that polaroid that's the video i made on rodney smith and that picture, there is no way in hell that you're going to go past it and not at least stop and have wanted to look at it again. Um, I think those are the type of uh, images in black and white. Yeah, that one right there um, on top. Uh, yeah, that one right there where the guy is holding the Polaroid. It's actually a model for Rodney Smith. Um, and I always found that that sort of uh, strong imagery works really well um like bolder kind of images there's a, there's a solid I, one <laughs> yeah exactly solar one that was a really a long time ago that video <laughs> and i really enjoyed making it yeah solar is uh, an amazing guy solar as well i was talking about uh Arigoya, but really solar as well is one of my favorites in the sense of like uh, especially when it comes to street photography making me look and reconsider everything that I knew to be street photography. I think he's just an amazing and very odd character as well. I watched a documentary with him. This is a very like kind of mad hatter, but 
kind of genius at the same time. Uh, it's, it's very funny. Um, but yeah. You, you find that with like a lot of the photographers that you see their work and then you watch a documentary or interview with them and you're like, this guy shot that? <laughs> no, sometimes I'm like, actually, sometimes I'm thinking more like, of course this guy did it. Cause <laughs> of course this guy shot you that. You gotta have, <laughs> you gotta be a bit like, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I think like, the 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 people that usually are so especially when i look at the the artists and photographers in this case they really uh were able to kind of push the envelope and and really change things and really be um sort of very avant-garde in a way um they were always kind of you know very like kind of I wouldn't like to say mad because that's, you know, it has a negative connotation, but they have to be like eccentric mm. in certain ways. And I think it does take an eccentric personality or someone who um, is kind of very um, in their own heads. They have their own beliefs. Um, and and I always found this with the photographers when I watched videos on them or, or more so documentaries on them, like Gary Winogrand, uh, Gary Winogrand is another one that when I watched a documentary on him, I wasn't surprised at all with how he spoke, how he acted. Um, he's kind of like, you know, always like looking up and always like ready to go because it, his photography suggests that. And, and with Saul Leiter, I was expecting someone a bit eccentric and he came across a bit eccentric as well. Like, so it's, <laughs> interesting that how people come across <laughs> um i think you have to be a bit crazy to be able to see beauty in the world um and i mean with everything that's going on <laughs> uh you gotta be like a certain type of individual and uh but there there's luckily many many individuals like that and i'm that's amazing so yeah i'd like to uh i'd like you to talk to us about this uh, there we go. Sure. Tell us about this here, which is your book. Yeah, my book. Um, so it's it's something that I kept under wraps. Um, I'm actually I can go and get one. I have one there. I'll give. Oh, nice. I think okay. it'd be better probably to show you. Okay. Um, there it is. Probably I'll put it closer. Uh, kept it a bit under wraps for a long time. Um, as I came to terms with putting it together, going through the images. So basically I had this idea a long time ago because I like journaling and I like uh, to reflect on experiences that I've had. And I decided to come up with a book that I would reflect on certain aspects of uh, that I experienced when I was traveling to these countries. Um, in this case here is Nice. Uh, the south of France, and then um, Greece, so completely kind of different setting. And basically, I've always journaled. I journaled about these trips, and then I thought um, I should put something together like a visual diary or or a travel diary. That was initially I wanted a visual diary, but I I rather there was so much thoughts. There were so many thoughts that I had that I thought it'd be great to include writing in, but I was opposed to it because I, I didn't want to mix it to you. But then I came, when I started, like, I printed the photos and I put it next to my sort of, you know, just writings from the trip. 
um, at the time. And I was like, oh yeah, that could be a good thing. And so basically I decided to come up with this concept of book that I wanted to, you know, hopefully in the future keep up as I age and as I reflect on my experience as a photographer, not just from a traveling experience, but also like the challenges that I face um, and that in a certain measure we all face, whether sooner or later um, as when we are photographers. Um, so here's one of the images that I really, really like and I never had sort of revealed before and I I did some I did it with some of these images here included in the book um and yeah it basically I'll be talking it's kind of like a almost like if I'm talking to you in a way um describing what I felt and what I uh, photographed and and um and how certain places touched me as a photographer how they changed me in a way and yeah that's that's how it came to be. And it was like, let's say I worked on it during like a year. Um, the concept was longer, but uh, because I had uh, one of this, these trips here, it's actually last year and it was like I was already working on a book and I decided to uh, scratch uh, another destination that I had because I didn't feel like it was as important or it was as... Um, powerful what i have to say um and i decided to include it was amsterdam um so that was the most recent trip here on the book uh where i took kind of these pictures here nice and yeah that's the story of this book uh changing light and changing light because i think when i reflect i i do say in a book like i mentioned like the reason of the titling or in some way i give you the like like how the title came to be but um it was because in egypt i i really realized um that i wanted to pursue this more seriously and that um like the people there really changed my outlook on certain aspects of life and photography and so i call i decided to title this first traveling diaries changing light because it was really uh, if it wasn't for these trips, I and this opportunity to, you know, know these countries, this culture, with my camera, be able to photograph and see and experience what I did, I wouldn't be the same person. So I wanted to definitely leave it um, on a book form, and yeah, I'm happy with Where it. And you? I hope I'm so curious to see what people uh, think of it. Where can they? Where can we get one? Is it just at your? You go to your website there. Yeah. So the book is sold out at the moment because I was doing a first round um, during December, the whole month of December. Uh, I was pre-ordering. Um, I have gotten a few requests that I'm fulfilling as extra, but I'm trying to balance all this kind of first order to go through. So I don't want to. It's not just a question of overwhelming, but I, I don't want to mess it up as well with the orders that I already have. I have a, a big volume of orders, you know, and I want to kind of bite more than I can chew. Probably I'll do a second uh, printing kind of round um, and I'll, I'll let people know if I do. Um, but also if people are interested, because I know some people do live far away and, you know, or 
you know, it's really expensive shipping and everything else. And I totally understand. Um, I have made the book available for digital download. Um, that is on my website as well. So if for now you can have access to it um, through the digital download. So, yeah. Awesome. Tatiana Hopper, photographer, filmmaker, traveler, whiskey drinker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's right. And uh, you can find Tatiana at the links all below in the description here to her website and her YouTube and all her various places to go see her stuff. So is there anything else you want to say, Tatiana, or any, anywhere you want to direct people to uh, before we sign off today? No, I think it's, I mean, yeah, you pretty much said it on YouTube, um, you know, on social media and all of that uh, game. So, yeah, I'll be there, uh, you know, and uh, I hope that uh, people tune in uh, if they haven't already. And uh, I would like to thank you for having me and for the invitation. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. It's been a fun conversation. Oh, good. Well, thanks uh, for coming on. Yeah. I've, been, I've been watching your channel for a long time. I've really been looking forward to sitting down chatting okay. with you about, about your work and about what you're doing. So I appreciate your time uh, today for me, tonight for you over there and the lovely Republic of Ireland, which yeah. I, miss. I, I miss it so much over there. So uh, yeah, you might be, you might see me over there. We need to come. We need to come. I think I do. Yeah, absolutely. You need to let me know when you're over here. I just, <laughs> I just can't order a half pint of Guinness. I know that much now. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can't do that. You cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Slash it, my friends. You have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye.